1: Black holding high goes to Darty.
0: Darty in the double team gives it back to Black with 20 seconds left to play. Goes back to Michael Jordan. Jumper from out on the left. Good! Rebounded by Weber. Michigan out of timeout. Weber front court. Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout. Technical foul. Out of timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul. Technical foul on Michigan. Ed Corbett says he can run the baseline. Hands in the ball. Brown gets it into Williams. Here comes Williams front court. Williams on the drive. Gets it back out the head, long outside shot. Short rebound May It's over! Carolina has won the national championship! 89-72, and how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. Matthews, off the mark, and this year, the confetti is gonna fall for North Carolina. They're not gonna be
1: denied this time. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony back with you guys today. We got more news coming out from Carolina Basketball. We'll break down the latest Tar Heel to announce his return for his junior season. We'll give predictions for another Tar Heel as we are on Decision Day of whether he's coming back or going pro. We even have some closing Next, we'll get into before we round out today's show, but we start out every edition, as we always do, with the pod thought of the day. And I'm going to be honest. I don't know who this person is or who I got the quote from, but I like the quote, so I ran with it. Francis Quarles once said, I see no virtue where I smell sweat. The tricky thing about that quote for today's pod is that we're doing this over Zoom. So, Anthony, if I could smell you sweating over Zoom, there would be multiple issues at hand right here. But we can both attest that over the four years we have ran the pod as the Four Corners and the Roy's Boys podcast, we have sweated putting in the work. And while recording some of the videos we've had to record, and this Tar Heel basketball team, they they put in the sweat the last month and a half of the season. That's why they were so close to winning a national championship. And with three guys already announced that they're coming back for next year, they seem determined to put in the the work again. That way, they're back on the the final Monday of the season, but this time cutting down the nets.
0: Well, our sweat that we put in is probably because, one, we either are just fat and sweat (laughs) just naturally when we have to do any sort of moving. Um, Or we just either had no AC or didn't turn the AC down low enough. These guys, a little bit different, and it looks like a lot of them are wanting to come back and, and do it one more time. By the way, Francis Quarles, I believe, if I have the guy right, was an English poet uh from nineteen or excuse me fifteen ninety two to sixteen forty
1: four. Oh, you so looked that
0: was, up. He was a little ahead of his time, uh, with, with that quote. He was in fact not a basketball coach or any sort of sports coach, which you would think by that quote. So
1: this is why we call you the second hardest working man on the pod, because you're doing research while the pod is going on. And that's why you are an invaluable piece to the success uh, of this podcast. Another invaluable piece to the the success of Carolina basketball would be R.J. Davis. And yesterday afternoon, the sophomore guard decided to announce his decision to return for his junior season. We've all kind of been on Caleb Love Watch, and we'll get into that a little bit later in the show, and we all just kind of thought, well, R.J.'s coming back. He's not going to announce he's coming back. That didn't happen. He, like Armando Baycock and Leaky Black, Announced his return for his junior season via a video, and by the way, and I and I texted this to our our group text that you you and I have with our P one um, from the station. These 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 videos about the guys announcing their returns, they're amazing. And his started out yesterday where he walks into um, the film room and he's he's you know playing around, asking if the thing is on, and then he just sits in the chair and says. Y'all thought I was leaving. Nah, let's run it back. And I was ready to run through a brick frickin' wall um, because they have done just a fantastic job announcing these returns. Um, RJ last year really improved from his freshman to his sophomore season, averaged 13 and a half points per game, 4.3 rebounds, and tied for the lead or the team lead with 3.6 assists per game. He shot 43% from the field. 37% from behind the three-point line and 83% from the free-throw line. And as I mentioned, he does become the third Tar Heel um, of what I am and I am labeling as the core four. You had the Iron Five that took you to the national title game, but Brady Manick can't come back. So your core four of Love, Davis, Black, and Baycott, he's the third of the four to announce he's returning for his junior season. And so we're, we're, we're waiting on Caleb Love to make his decision. Um, he has until midnight tonight to make it known whether he is putting his name in the draft or if he's coming back to school for his junior season. And I think this leads us to the the, 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 the question of, of what does this mean right now for the back four for Carolina as they are starting to prepare and finalize their roster for the 2022-23 season?
0: Well, you've got your starting point guard back, um, or I I guess really with those two, with Tim and Love, you can't really classify one as, I guess, a point guard. It's more just ball handler, primary ball handler, secondary ball handler, and and towards the end of the year, he became your primary ball handler. So uh, having him back is huge. Yeah. and, and look, I mean, I got to admit, you know, I saw the video as well when he said, you guys thought I was leaving. I said to myself, I didn't, eh, may, maybe not, <laughs> but um, look, I mean, it's it's great to have him back because I thought, you know, and if you look at the numbers early in the season, they, there was clear improvement from his freshman season, mm-hmm. but I thought that second half of the year, especially once they made him that primary guy, bring the ball up. That was the most consistent RJ Davis that we saw. And look, there's still going to be some fluctuations. Now here's the thing. If you thought that the guy that you saw against Baylor was just going to be RJ Davis moving forward, then I don't really know what to tell you. I, that, I I, think that shows that look, he's more than capable of having those bursts, but I think Carolina is – they won, they wanted to get these core group of guys back, not only to just run it back, but to, you know, continue to make the progress that it seems like these guys have been sort of making together. And I think R.J. is probably the guy that uh, has, has probably made the most progress, to be honest with you, um, You know, over the last year and a half, two years or so, Um, I I think that he's a guy that now, you know, you feel like you can trust where I think there were times last year where people were really asking themselves, why is this guy on the floor right now? Um, We knew that, look, with, you know, Armando Baycott, we knew the talent was there and it was a guy that we were just saying uh, is right on the peak of taking that next step. And he did this year. Um, With Caleb Love, we knew the talent was there. With R.J. Davis, you know, the talent was there, but at the same time, it wasn't on the same level as Caleb Love, and I think there were times where people were questioning it. This year, he showed you why he's got to be out there, and he he continues to show me very similar characteristics, maybe not on the exact same level just yet because we're talking about a guy that ended up winning uh, the Most Outstanding Player Award in a national championship run in Joel Berry. But that's the guy that I think we, we, we compared him to him, I think it was, was it last? No, it was this past summer. We talked about that comparison. And I think that comparison just keeps becoming more and more apt when you watch the trajectory that his career is taking and the type of player that he has become. And, I mean, look, if you're looking for why is this guy important, Okay, you can say, well, go back and watch that game against Baylor. Sure. Go back and watch the second half of the national championship game. Now, cut it off before the end of the game. But go back and watch. He hits two huge shots for Carolina. And these are tough shots because it's just him him driving the lane and stopping and pulling up. And I think that shows you the type of player that he is capable of being. He can hit some tough shots at times for Carolina, and they're going to need that. Next year, if this is going to be the redemption tour part two, he
1: he brings a level of toughness on a consistent basis that Carolina desperately needed last season. And look, the second half of the year, every player was tough um, because they had to be. Um, after you had the national media label you as soft, and you had a former player at your program, an assistant coach at Pittsburgh, call you soft, they had to toughen up, and they did as a, as a, as an Iron Five. But RJ brings that level of toughness, and it's that cliche statement because he's from, um, you know, the upstate of of New York or whatever that he's got that New York toughness state of mind in them. But it's really it's really true with him because, as you mentioned. He makes tough shots. He, he, he makes big plays in big moments. He draws the charges defensively, and he brings right now to the backcourt leadership. And this, if, and right now that's what they need because they didn't have it as they were awaiting his decision, and now they're still awaiting the decision of Caleb Love. And, and that's really big for Hubert Davis um, because there weren't many times last year where those two guys weren't on the court at the same time. Um, especially the last half, month and a half of the year, where every starter played a, a, you know 35 minutes or, or more, unless they got into foul trouble. If Love goes pro, you know then you have no choice but to play someone else back there with them. So right now you have at least one part of your leadership forum in the backcourt with you, and you know that comparison to Joel Berry. Um, I think I was the one that made, or you may have made it, it doesn't matter who made it, but it's it's just really, it's really true. It, it's true in, in their playing style, the way that both guys want to attack the rim. Um, It's true that both guys are tough enough to take and make big shots. And um, they just brought, you know, Joel brought a level of toughness on that that team that made that run in 16. And then was the, you know, the leader of the team that won it all in 17 and, Um, RJ was a big part of their run last year, this past year. And if Carolina is going to win a national championship in 2023, he's going to be a big reason why they, they get back to the, the final four, get back to that final Monday night, um, and eventually cut down the net. So it's the first of hopefully two pieces to the puzzle, to the backcourt. Um, and that's where Carolina stands right now. Before we get into our predictions of, of if Love goes pro or if he, if he comes back to school, I did want to have a question, though, because you know you mentioned the thing about the Baylor game. And it's like, if you watch that game, is that going to be him every night? No, you wouldn't think so because he scored 30 points. But I do think there's a, a reason to question, can RJ carry the load in the backcourt from a scoring production if Caleb Love isn't there? And, and I, I do think... I don't think that answers yes. I don't think it's to the level of what he did against Baylor. But look, what he, as you mentioned, you referenced what he did in the second half of the national title game against Kansas, where the offense was not at its best, but he was the guy, him and Puff Johnson really were the guys that were facilitating and then making shots go down for the team. You go back to the the, the the game at Duke, the, the regular season finale, the game that really jump started their run to the national championship. He was sensational in that game. And um, he's kind of he's kind of like the backcourt version of what Kennedy Meeks was early in his career. It always seemed like the bigger the stage, the bigger RJ Davis played. Uh, he was really good in the first half against Duke in the final four game. So I'm not saying you know he alone could carry them to a national championship as production in the backcourt, but I do think if Caleb Love does go pro, he showed enough growth this year where you would be comfortable with him being your focal offensive of uh, production guy in the backcourt, and you would also hope that if Kerwin Walton stays within the program, or you know Dontres, Styles, Demarco Dunn, all those guys take the next step in their progression. But I'd be very comfortable with Carolina's offense going through R.J. Davis in the backcourt early on if it had to be.
0: So I'm going to go back to the comparison, Joel Barry, Um, because if you go to the 16-17 season, uh, he he ends up averaging 14.7 points per game, 3.6 assists per game. I, I think he could be in that sort of range, and I thought that you definitely saw Joel carry that backcourt in sixteen seventeen, because he needed to. He didn't have Marcus Page back there. So I, I think he is capable of having that type of jump. And the reason that I use that comparison is because there's not – we're not talking about a huge jump because then you go to Joel's senior year, he averaged 17.1 a game. I don't think that's RJ just yet. But I do think that he is more than capable of being a guy that's around – 14 to 15 points per game. Um, and kind of and and the reason that you can be that guy this year is because look, you're getting Armando Baycott back. If you weren't getting him back, I think then, okay, in order for you to do something special, which first of all, we if we if they didn't have Armando coming back, this wouldn't even be a conversation. But let's say for some reason we still wanted to have that conversation you would need him to be a guy that averaged probably 18 to 20 points a game um, and i don't know if he's if he's at that level yet maybe he could be that as a senior but i think that's that's a lot asking a guy to go from 13 and a half points per game up to 18 to 20 but i think that jump from you know from four, up to 14 15 I think he's more than capable of doing that. So yeah, I think I think he can carry this backboard because I do think that you saw this year a guy who was a much better shooter, much more confident shooter. And I, I don't think that the shooting has ever really been an issue for him. We've never been concerned about the stroke. We've never been concerned about, you know, he just goes through these rough stretches where he misses, you know, a ridiculous amount in a row. No, he has off games and then he has games where he's locked in. He's just, I think you're, you're seeing a guy so far in his first two years that is having a very similar trajectory to a lot of, the Roy Williams point guards where there's a lot of inconsistency out of the gate. And then as they get deeper and deeper into their career, the consistency starts to come. So I think he is capable of carrying this backcourt. um, But I think people need to sort of temper their expectations. This isn't going to be a guy that is going to be in the conversation for national player of the year in the Tar Heel backcourt, if it's just him. He's a guy that I think could definitely use the help of Caleb Love or maybe even if Caleb Love leaves, somebody else stepping up. But I do think he's capable of being a guy that can lead a backcourt for a national championship.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you'd have to imagine that um, if, if Love does go pro, Carolina would then have a, a scholarship freed up. They could dip into that transfer portal which mm-hmm. some they're not they're not capable of doing right now because right now they're at their scholarship limit to find some help in the backcourt and I know there have been some big names off the board already from the portal but there's over 1,400 players that are still in the, in the portal as of today, and you would imagine that given what Carolina did last year, they would still be a desired destination for one of those, you know, many transfers to, to come here and, and provide Carolina some help in the backcourt. But none of that really matters until we figure out what Caleb Love decides to do. And when we come back after this break from DraftKings, Anthony and I will give our official predictions as we await for Caleb Love's decision on decision day. As if the McCrispy couldn't
0: get any better, bacon and ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time.
1: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The NBA playoffs mean next-level basketball. Get in on the first-round action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet five dollars. On any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You win no matter what. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet during the first round with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Plus, place a same-game parlay each day with three or more legs and get up to $25 in free bets back if one leg doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN. That stands for the Basketball Podcasting Network. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the first round of the NBA playoffs and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. Really hope you guys are taking great advantage of all these great offers I've been giving you on the four corner side of things. Same for Anthony over there on the heel tough blog podcast as well. We've referenced it many times throughout the show. We're on the the day, the final day for players to announce whether they're putting their name in the NBA draft with or without an agent or if they're returning for, or, or if they're returning for school. And so Carolina's awaiting that decision from Caleb love. Um, He's kind of hinted at it via via Twitter. He put something up on his TikTok last night. Um, the only TikTok on his uh, on his page about um, one last ride or something to that to that that extent, but nothing has been made official. Um, you know, Huber Davis said last week when he did his final radio show of the season that he anticipates all of his all of the guys coming back because they want to come back and help this program win an eighth national championship and hang a banner and leave a lasting legacy at the University of North Carolina, but that hasn't happened yet. You've you've heard that from Baycott. You've heard it from Black. You've heard it from R.J. Davis. Now we're waiting to hear that from Caleb Love, so we've got a mere 14 hours until he has to decide whether what he's doing. What is your official prediction for Caleb Love on decision day?
0: I mean, I gotta admit, I'm kind of i'm I'm kind of bouncing back and forth here myself, um because you know, on the one hand, you'd think, okay, maybe especially since r j just announced yesterday he wants to be the last guy to make his announcement. It makes sense because that's the guy that most people are questioning and 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 look, they do play into some of the build up there's there's yeah. no doubt about that we all do that as humans because yeah, we want a little bit of the focus to be on us. Um, but it, it's tough because I, I really think that, as we said when we talked about it for the guys as the, as a whole before anybody made any decisions. Um, but specifically with him, the strategy that you saw Armando take last year made 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 some sense for him to go there to learn what he needs to improve on, um, and potentially come back and build on that the problem is is that I'm starting to see more and more people that are saying that look he's a guy that's right on the edge of that first round and that that's starting to kind of concern me a little bit because if that's true I think if he can make it into that first round, he's probably going to go because you don't want to come back and risk something happening. Or uh, and and with college basketball, see, this is the thing. Even in college football, when you when you enter the NFL draft, um, like if, even if let's say they had the rule where you could pull your name out and 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 go back the next year. You you kinda know the guys that are going to be available in that next class. You have no clue about a lot of the guys that are coming out of high school um, and that are in some of these, you know, leagues overseas. You you don't know who is going to be in that next draft. So you don't know what the outlook is gonna look like for you a year ahead to make that decision based on what the next year's draft could look like. So it's it's tough. I think he's a guy though, that really fell in love with the college experience at Carolina um, you know, throughout the season. I think that he you, you could see how much it hurt losing that national championship game. I think he feels motivated. Ultimately, I think he I, I think he comes back. I think the weight is you know, gonna pay off. I think that he's just really wanting to make sure that, it's something special and that uh, it, it's basically going to just fire Toriel fans up for this next season. And, and part of it also may be that it's not only him waiting on it. It could be that they're telling him, hey, man, let's wait until Sunday night and let's put out this epic video because they've done a tremendous job with that so far. Um, but we'll just, you know, we're, we're, we're closing in. I just really hope that he does not take this all the way up until, uh, until midnight, because I, I have to get some sleep. Caleb. If, if you're, if, if anybody that is listening knows Caleb or if Caleb's listening himself, please make the decision a little bit earlier in the day. We would greatly appreciate that. But I do think he is coming back. Ultimately.
1: Yeah. I've I thought from the beginning he's coming back. Um, And I mean, look, there's you can't deny that his play in the NCAA tournament raised his stock because that's the best way for college basketball players to raise their stock is to perform well on the biggest stages. And what he did in that second half against UCLA, what he did in the final eight minutes or so of the game against Duke. I know we struggled in the national title game, but all that raised his stock. But, um, you know, and look. This is why Pat Sullivan's on this roster more so than anything with player development and all the connections of his 18 years or so coaching in the NBA, and I do think that's going to weigh into it. um, I would still encourage Caleb to, yeah, go through the process, but if you don't find out what you want to find out, then come back to school. As long as you come back to school with the right mindset, you're going to improve your game to help help the team first and you second. But you go back and you look at the immediate reaction from this team, when the final horn sounded in the national title game. The first visible player that was emotional was Caleb Love. Um, and maybe that's because he took the final shot and go, Dan, I, I don't know. But this is a guy that you mentioned. You think he fell in love with the college experience. And I, and I, think, I think he did. He got to experience what Carolina basketball is. Really the last month and a half of the year, which is playing in the big games, playing on the big stages and performing well in those in those moments. And and look, he's already written his name into Carolina lore forever with that shot over Mark Williams in the Final Four um against Duke to to effectively end the game and put Carolina in the national title game. If you come back and you 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 take this team back to the final four in Houston of all places where we know the history in, in in that setting, and you helped this team win a national championship, you're going to have a legacy that will probably never, ever be tough because of what you accomplished in back-to-back years. And I do think that means a lot to him individually. We've heard Armando Baycott talk a lot about it. Um, heck, this Armando's put together the best regular season, postseason, by, from a double-double standpoint in the history of Carolina basketball. And he said he hasn't done anything. He hasn't won anything. And that's why he's coming back. So, um, you know, I I think that matters to Caleb Love. And I I do think, you know, coming back and submitting his legacy with the national championship means something. He's still going to get his money at some point. He's going to be a professional basketball player at some point. But I do think he wants to exhaust what he can accomplish in college before he does that. And I do think he will come back. But I do think because he knows he has this fan base hanging on by their fingertips, it'll be a last-second decision. This, this, If this goes up to midnight and we and I have to be tired the next day, that's probably what it's going to have to be. But he knows what he's doing. The program knows what it's doing. They know that we're all sitting here in anticipation, refreshing our Twitter, waiting to see what this kid's going to do. And, look, part of it's fun because – we haven't really felt like that in a while, which means you know we're back in the good days of Carolina basketball. But yeah, it is kind of gut wrenching and nerve wrecking when you know we we also have lives and we our lives can be put on hold to wait for a, a college basketball player to announce his decision. But I do think I do think Love will be back for his junior season. And and, and as as John Rothstein tweeted out yesterday, if Caleb Love does come back, and that means Carolina returns a core for the Iron Five. The national championship for the for next season will start and end with the team that plays its basketball in Chapel Hill. We do have some closing notes for you guys before we do get out of this edition of the show. Five-star prospect Gregory G.G. Jackson will announce his commitment sometime next week. Then give us a day. But he Wh- Wednesday. Wednesday? Wednesday. That
0: was what was written. So I, it's, it's not official, but that was what was written in the state, which is a, a widely regarded newspaper down in the Columbia area. Um, I'm not sure. I'm just taking a guess here because I don't have the article in front of me. Probably Lou Beesjack, who does a great job down there um, covering those high schools. Um, and they've been on that recruitment from the beginning, Matt. So they said – that it's not official, but they've heard from sources at the school that there is going to be a ceremony there and they believe that Wednesday is the date. So
1: so there you go. He will announce his commitment most likely on Wednesday of next week. Um Carolina is the favorite for five-star prospect Gregory GG G. Jackson. Um Hubert Davis and the staff were in attendance to watch him play on Friday night. Um, And if if Carolina does land him, he'll be the the first number one recruit to commit to Carolina since Harrison Barnes back before the 2010-2011 season. And it would give Carolina two five stars in the 2023 class as he will join Simeon Wilcher. And as the two only commits in the class so far, there were. Talks and thoughts about Gregory reclassifying to maybe play this year. All that has kind of cooled down. It, it appears that if no matter who he commits to, um, it's really right now between Carolina, South Carolina, UMass, because Frank Martin, who was at South Carolina, got fired, who's now the head coach at UMass. That, that, it, it, prior reception relationship and duke's still in the running for him Uh, but it it does it does appear that no matter who he commits to um, he'll be committing for 2023 and not 2022 and lastly do want to say congratulations to assistant brad frederick who did something that neither one of these guys on this podcast would do and he competed in the boston marathon Earlier this week, um, the basketball coach you know, put out some pictures of him running um, up there in Boston, of course, decked out in Carolina gear, as you could expect. We have to find our own podcast, our, our own marathon we got to compete in, whether it's a, a food-eating marathon, a, a beer-drinking marathon, whatever it is. At some point, the Four Corners podcast, they have to co- we have to compete together in a marathon.
0: I think our marathon is just making it up the stairs whenever we go to our recording studio that we have uh <laughs> where we normally record the pod um the food eating marathon's probably our best bet because we believe it or not, even though we have a little bit of chub on us we that which that sounded that sounded weird um we we my friend. we are. Uh, we we are not drinkers. We 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 not not traditionally. Occasionally, so I think I think food might be our marathon. But no, um, that is tremendous the, to see Brad Frederick. That's awesome because I know you know my my uncle is into marathon running. I know how much training goes into that. That takes a lot of time and effort. Um, and for him to be able to complete that uh, is just amazing. And to do it at the Boston Marathon too is awesome. I mean, that's the most widely regarded marathon. Um, definitely here in the United States and one of the most in the entire world. So uh, that's awesome to see. And then congratulations to, to Brad and to his family. Um, that's, that's awesome. And uh, we just, you know, w- w- we're going to tell you, if we get the invite, Brad, we're not going. Uh, we, we appreciate it, but we do not have the stamina to do anything similar to that.
1: That is going to wrap up this edition of the four corners podcast. Before we let you go, we do encourage you guys to go to the website com. We had you covered with all the R.J. Davis news. We'll have you covered for the Caleb Love news, as well as we're keeping you up to date with all the news coming out for Carolina basketball. We'll have something up about Gregory G.G. Jackson sometime next week. As for the football side of things, they're back in the offseason mode as well. But Anthony will have an article up about the next offensive player we could expect to commit to Tar Heel football. You can go, you can go back and check out all the coverage from the spring game as well. There was a stock report up and all that great stuff. So we're keeping you covered with both football and basketball in the offseason, all that coverage at HeelToughBlog.com. As for the podcast, you know where to find us. Every major podcasting platform, just simply search the Four Corners Podcast, and we will pop up. You can like the pod, you can review the pod, but most importantly, we encourage you hit that subscribe button. That way, you don't miss any editions of the podcast throughout the basketball off season. That's going to wrap up this edition of the show. Do you want to thank Anthony for hosting with me. I want to thank you guys for listening, and as always, go Tar Heels.